I'm not an agony aunt or an official botheration solver. But have you recently, or even in the past few weeks or months, had any problems? This is a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer. More than likely, you've had dozens of problems. Because we all have problems, don't we? Probably various shapes, various sizes. I know a few people where circumstances in the past few months have really changed their lives, either for the better or for the worse. With the easier problems, often you're able to solve them yourselves. Because I'm looking around this morning and I can see that you're all resourceful people. So a small problem, no bother, it's all okay. But for the larger problems, maybe you need to get someone to come and help you because maybe they've got experience in sorting out your type of problem. Maybe to them, it's not even a problem. It's how they make their money. They've got the qualifications, they've got the tools, they've got the experience to sort out problems that you've got. And they're always really pleased when you ring them up about your problem. So some problems can be sorted out sensibly and easily by yourself. But some problems are much more difficult and can only be solved by a relatively small number of people. If you get a problem in your home, maybe you've got a list of people that you might phone, or maybe you've got a, a list of uh, different people who know someone who knows someone else who might be able to answer your problem. Last week, I had quite a personal problem. I'll tell you about it. I think every so often, all of you get this problem as well. And it might be every couple of months I have this particular problem. My hair was getting too long. Yes, that was a big problem, wasn't it? I went to a barber because, just like we've said, some problems we can sort out easily, but some problems you need to go and talk to someone else. You need to go and sort it out, go and seek someone's help. So I went to the barbers. I sat in the sort of waited. And then when it was my turn, because somehow you know when it's your turn, don't you? And I went and sat in the chair and said what I wanted. And all was well. He, he was just getting on with it. And then he said something that jarred me just very slightly. Because fashionable men of my age often have something that you need to be done. And he says... I'm being very personal. Would you like me to do your ears? <laughs> now, often, I'll do my ears at home. I'll get my electric shaver, and I'll just do it. But obviously, I haven't done it for a couple of weeks, and he spotted it. I said, yes, please, if you want to do my ears, that'll be fine. Just expecting him to do the electric shaver around my ears and all that, like I'd do at home. So he finishes off all these uh, hair and everything that he was doing, and then he just walked over a little bit, and he picked up two cotton buds. Oh, that's a funny way to do it. I was expecting a shaver. And then he just dips them in this tub, and there's this black stuff 
that goes on to the cotton buds. And he sort of comes back to me and all of a smile and everything. It's a very nice man. And he starts putting this black, warm stuff on my ears. And I thought, that's a bit funny. So I looked at the tub and there was one alarming word that was on it. Wax. <laughs> so he was putting wax on my ears. It was all very nice and lovely and warm. But then suddenly I remember, because I've never had wax on my ears before, I suddenly remembered what might be happening in a couple of minutes' time. And I steadied myself. I thought, this is going to be all right. And so he just sort of touches my ears every minute or so. And, and then after a couple of minutes, the wax, because I know what it is now, not just black stuff, it's quite cold. And he just sort of fiddles about with this cotton bud that is still kind of sticking off my ears and all the black stuff with it. And then he smiles at me because I was looking at him in the mirror. And he goes, whoa! <laughs> and being British, I said, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you, I'll come again. <laughs> and, then, and then I knew what to expect. I knew the pain threshold, what it was going to be like. Because then he went to the other side of my head. Oh! <laughs> and he pulled that as well. Oh, thanks very much. And then, then I went and paid for the treatment. <laughs> I don't know whether I'll have that treatment again, having my ears waxed. Um, next time I go to the barbers, I'm going to make sure I've shaved my ears because I don't want some Kurdish person to just pull it off and make me sort of say praise the Lord under my breath lots of times. But I needed to go and see him because I had a problem every couple of months my hair gets too long. And he did something that I've never experienced before, but I needed to go to see him because unlike some of you, I can't cut my own hair. I have to go to someone who can do something about it. Anyway, it's our cabal service. And you're not expecting me to share my problems with you, <laughs> are you? What you're expecting me to do is talk about the baby Jesus and Christmas. I want us to think about three words. Hearing the announcement. Hearing the announcement. Hear the announcement. We all have problems, like we've said, but we all hear important things in our lives. I've got a list there that maybe some of the important things, news and things that are going on, you'll hear about. We hear our news in important, in various ways, don't we? 119 years ago, yesterday, something important happened. I won't wait for you to tell me, because you all probably know. It was the Wright brothers flying their powered machine for the first time in, in uh, North Carolina. First time. That was huge news. Tomorrow, it's going to be another noteworthy day, because it's going to be 50 years since the Apollo 17 landed. Now, you might think, oh, what's that got to do? But with Artemis and everything just taken off to think about going to the moon again, it was the Apollo 17 that last saw mankind on the moon. So 50 years ago tomorrow, it'll be 50 years since they splashed down in the Pacific. Sometimes the news we have will be really important. I remember 101 days ago when I was watching the television 
And then Hugh Edwards said, Her Majesty the Queen has died. That was 101 days ago. I remember as well how other things have happened. Maybe there's been hostages released or a war has ended and things like that where things that we've heard that are international news, we've heard perhaps on a radio or perhaps in any of these other ways and we said, wow, either that's really good or your heart has sank and maybe you've cried and you've thought, oh, that is really sad news. We all hear news in different ways. But whatever way we hear these appointments, these uh, announcements, these important announcements, we need to recognise that these announcements are really important, whichever way we hear them. A few minutes ago, I said that often we need to go to someone if we have a problem, a personal problem or a problem about your house or something else. Mankind had a serious problem, and it affects everyone on earth. And mankind needed help from someone else who had the qualifications to sort it out. And this is what Christmas is all about, because Jesus came to earth to deal with the problem of sin. That first Christmas was a beautiful announcement from God. And what did he say? God the Son came to sort out once and for all the problem of sin. In 1 John 3 verse 8 it says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And in the original language that the New Testament was written, that's Koine Greek, that to destroy word means to break up, annul, dissolve, and deprive of authority. That's why Jesus came. Can you hear God's announcement to you? He's saying, I love you, and I will do anything possible so that you'll have a relationship with me again. Jesus was pure and sinless, unlike us, and so he had the qualifications to sort out the problem, the mess, the nastiness of sin that affects everyone in the world. At the beginning of John's Gospel, it says that the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Jesus didn't come on a sightseeing tour of the Middle East because it was on his bucket list of things to do because he was bored in heaven. Jesus came to earth with the purpose of dwelling among us and then changing our lives. Can you hear God's announcement to you today? He's saying, I love you and I will do anything I can to make it possible to have a relationship with me again. During that first Christmas time, strange things happened in Bethlehem. And we're all pretty familiar, I think, with what happened. We sing the carols and maybe we know lots of the words off by heart. We've seen lots of traditional Christmas cards. And so we get a picture of what might have happened. 
And these words and images contain a lot of truth. But probably, do you think some of it's a bit made up and romanticised a little bit? For example, I've seen a lot of children being born on the television. Now, of course, that doesn't make me an expert at watching what goes on on television because I've seen Call the Midwife and I've seen Grey's Anatomy. So lots of children are born on those programmes. I'm no expert, but I've never seen a mother have a halo when a child's been born. She's probably tired and worn out, glad the labour's over and that the child's been born. I think Mary would have experienced physical pain as the baby Jesus was born, because that's what happens with nearly all children when they're born. The important thing is, Jesus is born. And that's a tremendous statement in the whole history of humanity. It's probably one of the most important statements ever made. And can you hear God's announcement as Jesus is born? He says, I love you. And I will do anything to make it possible to, for you to have a relationship with me again. It's one thing, Jesus, the saviour of the world, being born though. But now straight away, people are getting to know about it. The great and wonderful announcement of Jesus' birth is spreading to all kinds of people, maybe some of them in not so obvious ways. We might use an email or a vlog or a newspaper to make or receive an announcement. What did God use? He used angels. Angel is a Greek word and it means messenger. I don't think I've ever seen an angel. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But in the Bible, there's a few angels around, aren't there? And the thing I've noticed when I read about angels one angel generally visiting one person is the angel says, do not fear. The Bible says that the shepherds were feared with great fear. They were terrified. They were, oh, and the Bible uses two words that you'll know about, phobos, phobia, and mega, megastore or mega. They're the Greek words. They were full of great fear. They were absolutely terrified. That was with one angel. But then thousands upon thousands of angels come to Bethlehem and come to the shepherds and say, Jesus has been born. Can you hear the announcements from their lips and how excited the angels were? And so the shepherds went and saw the baby Jesus in the town of Bethlehem, just as they were told they would. Also, God uses a star. We sing a hymn, stars, uh, hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrounded. And so God used a star to draw people from another country, important people, quite the opposite of the shepherds. And he brought them to Bethlehem using a star because God, amazingly, can use anything he chooses. God can use anything he chooses to announce what he wants his people to hear. Can you hear that announcement? God is still saying, I love you. 
and I will do anything to make it possible for you to have a relationship with me again. That's God's relationship. That's God's announcement, rather. And that's what we said at the beginning. Hear the announcement. I want to ask you definitely a rhetorical question. Don't answer, just think about it. What are you announcing through your words and actions? Francis Chan, who some of you will have heard of, said this. Lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. And that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you think, oh, how lukewarm am I? But then you notice, notice a semicolon. Because Francis Chan said, lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. But then he goes on to say, they only want to be saved from the penalty of their sin. We don't want to go to hell, but we don't want to make Jesus our Lord today because we'd rather run our own lives, thank you very much. Is your announcement that you're making to people that you're running your own life, that Jesus isn't Lord of your life every day? Jesus is not now a baby, but he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the saviour of the world. Is that person in charge of your life today? Do you know his leadings, his peace and his nearness? The colonel talked about receiving the king. And that's something we all need to do. Receive the king and not just talk or sing about him. I've said this already several times. God is still making an important announcement I love you, and I will do anything to make it possible for you to have a relationship with me again. All of those angels announced to the shepherds, to the highest heights of the universe, glory to God, and on earth, peace among all people who bring pleasure to God. Let's say, Lord, will you lead me? Help me to know your joy, your peace, your forgiveness in my life. You are the saviour of the world. You're not just a baby anymore. Help me to hear and learn more about you and help me to follow you with obedience. God says, I love you. And I will do anything to make it possible for you to have a relationship with me again.